Welcome to That's the Word, wholesome tales for the whole family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, Give Him Up. Through dark side streets and abandoned back alleys, Chekalela raced. Behind her, she dragged her young son, clasping his hands tightly in her grip. She did not know where she was going, only that she must hide him somewhere. The city was occupied by an enemy count. In the fighting, her husband, Lorenzo, the commander of the defending army, had received near-fatal injuries. Even now, while recovering, he was still on the brink of death. The war was not favoring the Count, forcing him to retreat from the city, which was good news. But as he left, he was determined to take vengeance on those who had stood in his way. Since Lorenzo was the commander of the army that gave him so much trouble, Lorenzo's brother was arrested. The Count declared that unless Lorenzo's son was handed over to him as a hostage, Lorenzo's brother would be executed. Chekalela was inconsolable. There was no one to turn to. She couldn't consult with Lorenzo. The shock would kill him. For his own sake, he must be kept in the dark about what was happening outside his sick room. Could she talk with her best friend about it? Never. It was her best friend's husband whose life was on the line. She, like everyone else, would tell Chekalela to give up the child. But she couldn't give up her son. She just couldn't. There was only one option. Flight. Her thoughts were not coherent. She was not so much effecting an escape as blindly fleeing through the dark, deserted streets. Turning a corner, she stopped dead in her tracks. Before her stood Father Anthony, her spiritual director. He was surprised to see her out at this late hour. He was about to give her a friendly greeting, then saw the look of wild panic in her eyes. What is wrong, my daughter? He asked her. Chekalela let forth a deluge of incoherent words, relating everything that had happened, the terrible choice she had to make, and her present flight. Somehow, undoubtedly assisted by the Holy Spirit, 
Father Anthony understood her. Once she finished, he calmly but firmly responded, Chekalela, you fly to save the child. God bids me tell you that it is to the capital you must carry him. There lies his safety. Then you go to the church nearby. Chekalela's heart tore inside her. She wanted to cry out at this seemingly unfeeling priest. To the capital? It is at the capital that the tyrant awaits him. But she stopped herself. She finally had a moment to consider, and she knew what she had to do. She knew Father Anthony was right, no matter how much she wished he wasn't. Given the choice between her son's captivity or her brother-in-law's life, there was only one option that God would want her to take. She bowed her head, turned around, and walked quietly to the Capitol. At the Capitol, she surrendered her son to the Count, turned back, and hurried to the church. Within the church, she felt prostrate at the feet of the Mother of Mercy and offered up the sacrifices of the day to her blessed Lord. Tears streamed down her cheeks, but looking at the image of the Blessed Virgin, praying in that church, Chekalela was at peace. Somehow, she knew her son was safe and that God would take care of him. Suddenly, the doors of the church flew open. Chekalela turned to see soldiers marching in, escorting her boy. He ran to her, and she caught him in an embrace at the foot of the altar. By the time she looked up, the soldiers had left. After Chekalela departed, the Count had ordered the boy placed on a horse and taken out of the city. However, once the boy was placed in the saddle, the horse would not budge. Neither spurs, nor whips, nor blows would drive the horse to move from the spot where he stood. They set the boy on another horse, then another, then another. None of them 
would budge. Finally, the Count, fearing the power that protected this boy, sent him back to his mother and left the city. Though blessed with many supernatural gifts, Chakalela had to endure many severe trials in her life. She saw much exile, destruction, and death as war tore apart her city and family. Through it all, her extraordinary virtue and deep faith in God gave her the strength to remain obedient to her blessed Lord and endure her trials until the end. A prominent woman of the Eternal City, Saint Francis of Rome. And for this week, that's the word. All right, trivia question time. This has become quite popular. I know. I'm amazed on the one hand, but really excited on the other. So last week's winners, by the way, for the story, The Natives Are Restless, as of the time of this recording, those who have responded correctly are Susan, June, and brothers Brendan and Lucas. So awesome job, guys. And I'm... Honestly impressed that they got the answer. It's very good. I did not know the answer originally. I had to take some time. Yeah, you were actually worried that we were going to get anybody to answer it. Or was it you or dad who commented that the question needs to be easy enough for somebody to actually answer? I think that was dad. I think I was more concerned that the host didn't know the answer to the trivia question on this podcast. But you assured me that wasn't a problem and... Thankfully, there's others who who knew the answer. Anyway, this story is a trivia question. Which church in Rome was the Pope staying at at the time of this story? Now, can we give a little bit of a hint? What time period was St. Francis of Rome living? I think we should at least tell them that. Well, they can look that up. She's in the Middle Ages. Okay. So that's fair. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's not like she was around during the time of Constantine. No, that is correct. So this is the Middle Ages. So again, the trivia question is, which church in Rome was the Pope staying at at the time of this story? You can either message us on social media, post and mention us, or you can email us. And keep in mind, John Peter loves being a trickster. So think about that question very carefully and the time period that we're talking about when giving an answer. But one of the things that... uh, I did not know until we did this story the significance of the church to which she went after she delivered her son to the Count. It's a church that is very much near the capital buildings of Rome, Santa Maria in Aricelli. And really, when I think about that church, it does remind me about heaven in the sense that there are a ton of steps to climb to get to that church. We did edit this out just to increase the surprise, but Don Antonio, Father Anthony, her spiritual director, specifically told her to go to this church. And I'm not sure if that was part of the penance. I don't know if there was that many steps at the time to get up there 
or if there was more of a hill at that time where you could go up a more gentle slope rather than a steep climb of many stairs. I think those stairs look pretty old. Now, if they go back to the medieval ages, I don't know, because of course, Rome was completely transformed uh, during the Renaissance period. And that's why you have the great figures like Michelangelo and Raphael and Bernini. So things may have been a lot different uh, at the time of St. Francis of Rome than the Renaissance and afterwards. Maria and Araceli is right behind the wedding cake, right? Yes. The, the monument to Victoria Emanuel II. And the significance of him was he was the first person to unite all of Italy into one country in the 19th century. I don't think the wedding cake is the official name of that building, but I don't know what it is besides the monument of Victor Emmanuel II. I'm sure Pius IX would approve of us referring to it as such rather than as the triumphant whatever. I, I'm sure he would be happy with it too. In fact, you know, the interesting thing is Pius IX, of course, was the Pope during much of uh, revolutionary times in Italy going on that eventually led to the rise of Victor Emmanuel II. So you'll notice in a lot of churches that a lot of refurbishments have Pius IX's name by it. And it was his decision to spend the money of the church uh, on restoring churches in Rome rather than having to give that money up to the new government. So the story goes, but you can see uh, his name plastered in a lot of churches where you look up and say, wow, that's a beautiful ornamentation and it's Pius IX. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can see the story extras for this story, Give Him Up, at thunderrock.org, where you can see a picture of Santa Maria and Araceli. And you can also dream of climbing those stairs. Thunderrock.org is also where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and where you can find our social links and our email if you have any feedback or story ideas. And you can also, on our website, let us know what your favorite episodes have been from the first 50 stories. We're going to have that bonus episode coming out soon. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.